children's workers. This is the part of the service I normally get you up to shake each other's hands or give you a high five, but we'll, um, we'll do it uh, in other ways this morning. Let's just pray and then we're going to get into the word of God this morning. Holy Spirit, you are here and you are present with us and you speak to us through your word, through the scripture. And as we open that scripture, Lord, let those words come right into our hearts. Let us hear what your spirit is saying. Let our ears be open and our hearts aware that you are for us, you're not against us, that you are an almighty God, that nothing is too difficult for you. We praise and we worship you. We thank you and we glorify your name. Amen and amen. Amen. I want to talk this morning about words of praise and words of encouragement and words of thanksgiving. And I always think, you know, there's something that we can give thanks for. There's something that we can praise God for. And I know in these times they can be uncertain and difficult and we can be tempted to go into fear where God wants to fill us with his love because that love casts out all fear. Or perfect love. And he is the one that is perfectly loving us. And if there's anything that you get from this morning, just get this. God's for you, not against you. God is on your side. He is your guide. He is your protector. And he wants to speak into your life through his scripture. And you know how God speaks to us through his scripture? Is when we read it. When we take it into us when we digest it. You know, and as it says in John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That same word that spoke into creation. All things that were created were spoken by this word of God. And this word of God we know is Christ Jesus. And as we take his word, it's like we're taking him. You know, we're taking God into our lives. And I believe that. Do you not believe that? When you hear God's word, in comes some real faith and courage. In comes some substance. And it's when we begin to speak out that word of God, we bring substance to those who hear it. And we're the ones that often need to hear it. I love Rosie said, I'm preaching to myself. You know what? I always preach to myself. I always eat my own cooking. You know, you never trust a, a chef that doesn't eat his own food and a preacher that doesn't eat his own words, not eat his words in that way. You know what I mean? I tell you, we're cooking up something good when it comes to God's word. And we need to take it and receive it for ourselves. And as the scripture says, that we take what Christ says for us and we bring it to a world that so desperately needs some good news right now. We have good news of a Jesus Christ saviour. He is good. God is good. And do you know we know that words have power? Because we hear them, we believe them, we speak them, and they have power. Words can change the atmosphere. Words can bring hope. Words can bring life. You know that word encouragement, you break that down? That is to give courage to others. I don't know if you've watched these films like Braveheart or I don't know what they have. Then they have that speech and the leader's just like, rah, rah, rah. You know, come on, let's go for it. And all of a sudden, courage starts coming into the, 
to the hearts of the people and they're able to do so much more than they ever were. And we ought to be encouraging one another and sometimes that comes as appreciation. Do you ever appreciate those around you? Tell them how much you value them and how much you love them. Not as much as we should. Ah, I tell you, I tell you, when I hear those words of encouragement and someone appreciates me, not maybe because I've done something, but they appreciate me. And I think, I can do that. I can pass that on. And I think encouragement is the right kind of infection that we need to be passing on. Yeah, let's pass on some encouragement and don't wash your hands of encouragement. But words can play over and over in our minds. You ever had someone say something to you and it's just, you're almost like tormented by it. That's not the kind of words we want to meditate on. We want to meditate on God's words day and night. And the Psalms is a great place to look. And a lot of the Psalms are uh, are Psalms of grief and Psalms of lament. And it's almost like God's not afraid of, of us being upset and angry and fearful because a lot of these psalms, by the end of it, the situation is turned around. And it's always like my life is just going wrong, but I will trust in the Lord. But yet I will hope in him. And there's that turnaround. Sometimes they're not. Some psalms are pretty dark and there's no escape from it at the end, but the majority do. And I would say, It's not wrong to lament. It's not wrong to grieve. But know that the Lord has your back and he's going to turn things around. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And we can put our trust and our hope in him. He's an amazing God. I'm going to convince you of the amazingness of God this morning. I'm I'm, I'm convinced. Let me read this for you. This is pretty pretty dark. Uh, Psalm uh, 42. We'll have the words come up. It says, just as a deer thirst for streams of water, so I thirst for you, God. I thirst for the living God. You can fear, hear the desperation in his voice there. Where can I go to meet him? Day and night my tears have been my food. You know what? You're in trouble when the tears is the only food that you have. That's a pretty dark place. But he goes on. People are saying, where is your God? You know, if all of these things are happening, where is God? I think that's a question people are asking today. Where is God in amongst all these things? And then when I remember these things, I speak with a broken heart. You see, people are are, are accusing and are against him and saying, you know, why do you believe this stuff? When look at you. You're thirsty. You're dry. You're crying. That Your life is a mess. Where's your God? And as he's remembering these things, his words become broken. And all that comes out is from a broken heart. He goes on and he says, I used to walk with the crowd. I used to lead them to God's temple with praise. You can see that lament, that heartache. I've been in that position, but where is my God now? Then he goes, why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? I know what I should do. I should put my hope in God. I should keep praising him. He is my saviour. You know, sometimes we know what we should do. But how many don't always do what they know they should do? Isn't it true? 
I think if we quietened ourselves, maybe sat on the edge of our bed, just closed our eyes in meditation to God, we would know what we're supposed to do. It would come to us. I really believe that. Jesus says, if you knock, what happens? The doors open. If you seek, what will happen? And if you ask, you shall receive. That's a promise. I tell you, if you meditate and you say, God, I don't want to be so thirsty. I don't want to be so dry. I know what I should do, but Lord, can you help me? Can you help me? I'm struggling. And when you read the Psalms, you find out that you're not alone in your struggle. Isn't that the beauty of it? A little contrast with this scripture in John 7. This is Jesus at the water festival. And he stands up, John 7, verse 39. On the last day and the most important day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. If anyone believes in me, rivers of living water will flow out from that person's heart, as the scripture says. You see, when you come to God, when you come to Christ as the source of your supply, you know, out doesn't come broken. You don't speak out of that broken heart anymore. But out of you comes a river of living water. What makes it living is it brings life to all those around. I tell you, I want my words to be life to those who hear them, starting with myself and my family. I want to speak those right things. He continues. Out of that person's heart, as the scripture says, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not been raised to glory. He has been raised to glory now. But later, as in now, those who believed in Jesus would receive that spirit. You know, our ultimate need is often for water. Sometimes when you think you're hungry, you know what? You're actually thirsty. And you can go a few days without food, or some people can. But you can't go without that living water. You can't do it. Water is something that we keep can't live without and I think the need for God and his spirit in our lives needs to be like our need for water the psalmist the desperation words the feeling of the lack feeling abandoned God doesn't want us to feel abandoned he wants us the river to flow abundantly from us he wants our focus to be on him this isn't that God's trying to keep his spirit from us He's not trying to spoil the party. He's not trying to keep us in fear so we're subject to him and dependent upon him. He wants us to trust in him when it's good and when it's not so good. God wants us to live an abundant life. And the psalmist, whatever happened in the psalmist in there in chapter 42, that he felt abandoned. He felt all hope had gone. He felt that brokenness. He still knew what he had to do to get himself out of it. And it was praise. Go figure. What do you need? When life is is really difficult, you need to praise. What do you do when you don't feel like praising? You need to praise. And if the only thing that's quenching your soul is that you truly put your trust in him. I'm going to read a few Psalms this morning. Psalm 40. He says, what did I do? I waited patiently for the Lord. And he turned to me. He turned to me. 
He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of destruction, out of the sticky mud. You ever been stuck? You ever just been stuck with a broken record? You ever know someone like that? That just the same old negative just keeps coming and coming. And you think, please, change that record, change that song. He says, he stood me on a rock. He made my feet steady and he put a new song in my mouth. It's time for a new song. It's time for a song of praise to our God. You know what? Many people will see what you do and they will begin to worship God too. When you begin to praise instead of complain, when you begin to lift up God in your circumstances instead of feeling all broken and down, you know, and stuck in the mud, this is why praise is so important. And we begin every service with songs of praise and as an expression to God of our thankfulness and our faithfulness and his faithfulness to us. And praise within us releases us and gives us those life-giving words for us to sing. Because we know music is really powerful, isn't it? Music gets your soul and gets you moving. Music, I don't know if everyone's like that, but there's something about music you can't just help but tap your feet. And if it's a song you know and you like, you can't help but just get and sing along. And I tell you, when those words, not just tapping feet and singing familiar songs, but when those words have such power to them, that lifts your soul. It lifts you up. And it lifts up, or more importantly, it lifts up God. And there's something powerful when we speak and we hear ourselves praising God. Now, you might be like me, can't sing very well in tune, but I know I'm in tune with my Heavenly Father and He loves what I say. He loves the sound of my voice. I struggle with it now and then. But you know what? I don't care. I'm going to sing anyway. I'm going to shout your praise. If I don't, then even the rocks are going to start crying out. So we need to praise. We need to sing. And don't be ashamed if you can't sing like I can. I I can't. (laughs) Praise is so important. Praise releases that because out of the abundance of our heart, we begin to praise and worship God. You know, I don't think there's anything in our lives that should ever cut us off from praising and worshipping God. The psalmist says, why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? I know I should put my hope in God. And I know I should keep praising him, my saviour. And maybe a wake-up call is needed sometimes. They say, well, maybe I haven't worshipped. Maybe I haven't praised. Maybe I've neglected God's word. Maybe that's why I'm feeling dry and thirsty and empty. I tell you, when you start moving in God's spirit, things happen. and We want to move with his spirit as his spirit breathes upon us and blows within us. And you know, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but you know what I mean. There's a river of living water. It becomes like a torrent flowing from us. And it goes to everybody around us. Psalm 71, verse 14 says this, Yet I will always have hope, and I will praise you more and more. I want to be in the more and more. Don't you? I want to praise more and more. I don't want to be like, oh, less and less. I want to be in the more and more. And he goes on. He says, I'll tell you how you do what is right. I will tell about your salvation all day long, even though it is more than I can tell. You see, he loves that word more. I want to be in the more and more when it comes to praise. And praise is often a choice. You have to choose to praise. 
the psalmist would say, while I have breath, even while I have breath, I'm going to use it to praise you. And this might be your last day on earth, but you have some breath and you're going to use that to praise God. And it's an outward expression of what God has done. And you can choose to express the love for God that you have anywhere and everywhere. You can praise him just for who he is. Because he's good. That's a good enough reason to praise him. You can praise him for something he's done for you. And sometimes, you know, when we forget what God has done for us. But we should call to our remembrance what God has done for us and we should praise him for it. We can even praise him for things that he has promised to do that he's not yet done. We can praise him. And when your praise is directly to God, you know, others begin to catch that idea that they can too feel encouraged and directed towards the greatness of God. And then praise and also worship. Worship is also that loving response to God. And when you start to worship, the presence of God comes. Every time. Every time. You know, I mentioned just sitting on the edge of your bed. Just begin to sing. Just begin to worship. And sometimes you might not know the words to say. You might say, Lord, I worship you. I praise you. I exalt you. You're a good God. There's nothing too difficult for you. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. And, and, and you just begin like that. And maybe you're open at one of the Psalms and begin to praise him and he reveals his presence to you. And when you experience God's presence, you begin to respond and tell him how much you love him. And response is that worship. That worship is that intimacy with God where we can express our adoration to him. And we begin to speak and sing life-giving words. The words that we begin to speak and sing bring life. We can choose that creative power of words to be for the good. We see Jesus crying out in a loud voice, Come to me. The Spirit of God is here. He's, he's open for you. He's open. Ask me. He said that to the woman in John chapter 4. He says, If only you knew who I was. You would ask me and I would give you living water. And she goes, yeah, when the Messiah comes, he'll explain all these things. And he's like, I am the Messiah. I tell you, that revelation of who God is, is so powerful, so amazing. Because if you know who he is, you know where to get what you need. And you don't have to thirst. You'll never thirst again, he told the woman. And he offers his spirit to us. Anyone is thirsty, come and drink. You know, Jesus doesn't make it impossible. He doesn't make it difficult. What have we got to do if we're thirsty? Come to Jesus. That seems really simple, where water is so essential to our lives. And he gives us examples that we can understand. How do we get this water? Come to me. Ask. Ask and I'll do it. But many people don't see their need to God or they don't connect their idea that they're thirsty or empty or dry with the revelation of who Christ is and what he can do. That's why we need a relationship with God. That's why we need to take time and, and, and spend uh, on purpose those times with him. And if we've been looking to other things to satisfy our thirst, you know what that's called? Sin. 
That's called missing the mark. And I don't want to be one who misses the mark and looks for other things to fill that void and that emptiness that I have. I want to look to Jesus, the author of my faith, the one who began it, then the finisher. The one that started a good work in me, he's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The one who's coming back for his own. The one who's placed me in his kingdom. The one that's taken me out of darkness. And even though I was a wretch, he came and he saved me. He is an amazing God with amazing grace. And he invites those who are poor in spirit, it says in Matthew 5, to come to him, to take the initiative to come and drink. And drink refers to believing, which means that we trust in him, that we receive his teachings and his commands and we begin to put those into our lives. You see, our faith grows as we hear the word of God and we need to hear it sometimes for ourselves outside of out of our own mouths we need to hear the praise of God out of the abundance of our heart our mouth begins to speak and when we fill our hearts with love then nothing's too difficult for us when we fill our hearts with love we can go that extra mile we can turn the other cheek we can give to those who ask with generosity but on the other side you know our words can cause pain What if I told you the source of all your problems are actually from your neck up? That it's not actually got anything to do with anybody else, that you are the source of your problems. And it could be this. It could be this that's getting you into trouble. But it could be this that brings life to others, brings hope, brings courage. I tell you where I want to be. I want to be the one that brings courage and brings life and, and and. Coming out of me is love. You know, when Jesus was being crucified, he looked with love and said, forgive them. I don't know what they do. And the thing is, they really did know what they were doing. They were very good at killing, crucifying. They were very good at it. They knew exactly what to do. But he chose to forgive. He chose to forgive. And I wonder in our hearts when we're feeling when we're feeling challenged can we choose that words come out of our mouth and love of joy of peace of patience and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control those are the evidences of god's spirit or the fruits of god's spirit that work that come out of us and when we realize and we understand that the power of our thoughts come out of our mouth They're so powerful. They can bring blessings or they bring curses. James talks about uh, the power of our tongue is like the little rudder at the back of a massive ship. It's very small, but it turns that ship in any direction it likes. I don't want to be overcome with negativeness. I don't want to be overcome with just fear. I want to be overcome with goodness. I want to be filled with his spirit. I want to begin to dwell on God and what he has for me. I don't want to dwell and worry on things that may not even happen. And worry is like that, isn't it? Worry is is caused when we operate in that realm of fear, when negative thoughts cause us to speak out problems that maybe won't even happen. (laughs) That's what worry is, isn't it? But maybe we need to set that guard over our mouth and pray that, say, Lord, Let me choose what's right. Let me speak what's right. uh, Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of our tongue. And when we choose to 
life-generating thoughts. We do so with positive, powerful, life-giving, Jesus words naturally follow from us. And that right thinking begins to change the way we speak. This is why Jesus, when he came, he says, first thing first, repent. And repent means change the way you think. Proverbs 4 says this, be careful of your thoughts because your thoughts rule your life. So we need to change the way we think. And that call to repentance comes to us and say, I used to think this way. I used to go this way. But now I'm making a complete turnaround. I'm changing my mind. And as I change my mind, my life begins to flow from that. And when we hear, when we read, when we talk about God, when we allow his truth to come into our lives, then we start making some good choices. We start feeding ourselves by the words that we say. Psalm 91, uh, speaking to a few people, have been praying this psalm and reading this psalm every day. And, uh, and, and we're going to do that now. We're going to read this psalm. Uh, try and read out loud so that you can hear it. Right, Because that's, that's the point. You're going to hear this which is God's word and you're going to be encouraged and, and in faith by it. Okay, ready? Those who go to God. You can read along with me. Those who go to God most high for safety will be protected by the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my place of safety and protection. You are my God and I trust you. God will save you from hidden traps and from deadly diseases. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall hide. His truth will be your shield and protection. You will not fear any danger by night or arrow by the day. You will not be afraid of diseases that come in the dark or sickness that strikes at noon. At your side 1,000 people may die or 10,000 right beside you but you will not be hurt. You'll only watch and see the wicked punished. The Lord is your protection. You have made God most high your place of safety. Nothing bad will happen to you. No disaster will come near your home. He has put his angels in charge over you to watch over you wherever you go. They will catch you with their hands so that you will not hit your foot on a rock. You will walk with lions and cobras. You will step on strong lions and snakes. The Lord says, whoever loves me, I will save. I will protect those who know me. They will call to me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will give them long, full life and they will see how I can save. You know, we need to know what we can say about our situation. We're not saying, oh, God made me sick in order to teach me a lesson. That wouldn't be a good thing to say. I don't think the Heavenly Father who loves us needs sickness to teach his children a lesson. That doesn't sound loving, does it? Instead, we can say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. That's 1 Peter 2:24. And if things are difficult, challenging financially, instead of saying something like, oh, the Lord keeps me humble, he keeps me poor, No. How about saying the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So we find out what God's word says about our situation. We believe it and we begin to declare it. Psalm 55 says God's word goes out and it doesn't return to him without accomplishing what it set out to do. 
Another translation says it doesn't return to him void. You believe it, confess it, and you'll see it come to pass. Because as we begin to speak God's word, God's word changes things. I sent my word to heal, and it says in Exodus. And when we maybe are feeling dry and empty, I'm going to close with this. When we're feeling thirsty, we need to know where to go. When we're feeling dry, we need to know where to go. We know we should praise in him. We know we should start worshipping him. We know what we should do. I want to encourage you and challenge you to do this. I close with some wise words from Proverbs. He says, my child, my children, pay attention to what I say, to my words, and listen closely. Don't ever forget them. Keep them in your mind. Why? Because they are the key to life to those who find them. They will bring health to your whole body. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Don't use your mouth to tell lies. Don't ever say things that are not true. Keep your eyes focused on what's right. Look straight ahead to what is good. Be careful what you do and always do what's right. Don't turn off the road of goodness and keep away from evil paths. You know, Colossians talks about how we should think heavenly thoughts. Let what God says fill our minds. Think about things that are above. Meditate on his word day or night. Get his word into you. Ask for his Holy Spirit to be revealed in you and out of you will flow livers, rivers, livers? rivers of living water. Let's just stand and pray together. Shall we do that? God, you do not want us to thirst, but you want us to be satisfied with you. You want your word to fill us and encourage us. And you want your Holy Spirit reaching out to everyone around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's be still and know that the Lord is in control. Amen. This morning, let's sing our last song. Just focus on him. Maybe make this your prayer this morning as you sing this with me.